When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Tuesday morning. It is the 12th of September, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457736736. And that's all before breakfast with Vossi and Brandy for listeners in Sydney through SEN. 11.70am in Sydney for our listeners in Queensland, Pat and Heels along after 6am. A lot to get through today. Plenty of rugby league news floating around as you would expect. Heading into the second week of the finals. We'll get to that in just a second. Chris Perkins will be along in about 15 or 20 minutes to wrap up a big weekend in American sport. Of course, the first weekend of the NFL. Uh, also, US Open finals, Novak Djokovic, Coco Golf. So we'll talk about that plus whatever else he'd like to mention uh, as we get through his segment. So if you want to set anything in for Chris, uh, feel free now or you can wait until he's on or you can call through at any time as well. Any questions for Chris Perkins? A lot to get through coming up to two past five. Tuesday morning, Tradies News in a nutshell. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a Rheem, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, we'll get to the news locally here in just a second. Plenty of finals news floating around. But before that, you might have caught this uh, overnight, uh, yesterday afternoon, or maybe on the various news bulletins last night. But uh, news coming through that Premiership winner Mitchell Pearce has shut the door on a fairy tale NRL return and has officially or will be officially drawing curtains on his rugby league career by retiring. Uh, he is currently playing for the Catalans Dragons, where he's charging towards finals, trying to win the club's first Super League title. Wouldn't that be a great way for Mitchell Pearce to go out. He played 309 NRL games and stints at the Roosters, where, of course, he won the 2013 Premiership and the Knights, of course, between 2007 and 2021. He wrote on social media yesterday and he said, Hey, guys, I've decided that this season will be my last in rugby league. What a journey it's been. I finished the game knowing I've given every bit of my heart and soul for nearly 18 years. I've had some amazing times and leave the game with friends I know I'll have for the rest of my life. I still have a job to do with Catalan Dragons, and I'm all in to go after that trophy and make history for French Rugby League. Uh, he also played 19 games for New South Wales. You know, didn't manage to win a series until 2019. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, interesting career. Uh, premiership winner, as I said, in 2013. Always tried his heart out. Um for the Roosters, for the Knights, uh, New South Wales. Wasn't as successful at state of origin level, I'm sure, as he would have liked. But when you go back and look back at the career of Mitchell Pearce, there was a lot of criticism. But I think in five, ten years' time, even now, now that we haven't seen him play in the NRL for a couple of years, you do go back and you think he was a very good halfback. Um, he was around in a very tough era. Uh, Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston, just to name a few, Daly Cherry Evans. 
but still managed to win a comp, still managed to win a State of Origin series, played over 300 NRL games. Uh, you have to be a good player to do that. So well done to Mitchell Pearson. It'll be interesting to see what he does in terms of his future. Obviously, not going to back to play NRL, but we'll see if he stays over in France, uh, who would blame him, um, or does return. There's a, There were, of course, a lot of rumours about him maybe returning to the Tigers, uh, the Roosters as well. A lot of talk about uh, the fact that there is a potential that he may well be part of the Roosters coaching staff at some point in time. So interesting to see what he decides to do post-career. But any thoughts on Mitchell Pierce's career? Happy to hear from you. Also, great halfback. Well, not even great halfbacks. Your favourite halfbacks of all time. They don't have to be the best halfback of all time. But who is your favourite halfback? Maybe it's a current one that's running around or had been running around in the NRL. Your favourite halfbacks of all time, as I say, don't have to be an Andrew Johns. Feel free if you want to nominate him. But who have been your favourite halfbacks of all time? Who do you just love to watch? Or who have you loved to watch in their career? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Is Mitchell Pearce one of your favourite halfbacks of all time? What is, who is your favourite halfbacks of all time? Now, a uh, bit of international rugby league news around as well, uh, before we get to the Roosters and also Valentine Holmes. Uh, Latrell Mitchell is expected to withdraw from the Kangaroos team for the end-of-season test matches against New Zealand uh, and Samoa. Now, we know Mitchell carried a hand injury at the back end of the season that now will require surgery. He's expected to inform Coach Mel Meninga of his decision to pull out of the tournament today. Mitchell's decision to withdraw from the tournament, rather than risk worsening the injury, is an indication of his approach to the offseason and to start next year with the Rabbitohs in good shape. It now leaves Melbourne Inga without both Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten from his kangaroo side that beat Samoa in last year's World Cup final at Old Trafford. Uh, the Australians also have World Cup centre Valentine Holmes, which we'll get to in just a second, facing an integrity unit investigation. Um, the Kangaroos play Samoa on October 14 in Townsville and the Kiwis on October 28 at Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, so it could open the door for the likes of Bradman Best, of course, been playing brilliantly for the Knights and played in that third state of origin as well. Katoni Staggs, uh, the Hammer as well, uh, another contender. Uh, South's officials contacted Meninga on Monday to make him aware of the situation. Uh, now, that revelation comes after a knee injury dropped uh, Rob Dolphins bound outside back Jake Avarillo an opportunity to make his representative debut after he was named in an extended Australian train-on squad alongside the likes of Zach Lomax and Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, yeah, so Latrell Mitchell looks like he'll be having surgery. He won't be playing for Australia at the end of the year. Jack Wyden won't be as well. So who would you be picking as your centres for Australia? Uh, I think the way, and look, there was a lot of criticism about Bradman Best's selection before State of Origin. He was good in Origin. He's been good ever since for the Newcastle Knights. Does he get one spot? Who gets the other one? Um, and I, I know we're in the midst of an NRL final series, so it's kind of hard to think past that. Great to see international footy uh, this uh, in October. Another month really added on to the rugby league season. Have did you, Are you vested in this international series and uh, we know there's going to be internationals over in the UK as well, or one thing at a time. But who would be your centres for the Australian team? If, well, no Latrell Mitchell, Jack Wyden won't be there. We don't know what's happening with Val Holmes. So if all three of them are not going to be playing, who does get your centre positions for the Australian team? Interesting 
for Mel Meninga to work that out over the course of the next month. Maybe uh, a bit of that will depend on what happens over the course of the next couple of weeks. But who would be your centre pairing for Australia? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Valentine Holmes has declared he is innocent and it was all a joke gone wrong. Telling the Cowboys he did not dabble in drugs following an NRL integrity unit investigation into North Queensland's white powder saga. So he was formally interviewed by the Cowboys bosses and NRL investigators at North Queensland's headquarters yesterday after we know that image emerged of him with what appeared to be a, a bag of white powder in his mouth. The image appeared briefly on Holmes' very own social media account on Saturday night before being deleted. Now, as Vossi said on The Breakfast Show in Sydney yesterday, uh, he has over 197,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, now, the Cowboys made preliminary contact with Holmes on Sunday um, as a preamble to an official hearing yesterday that included the NRL Integrity Unit, who probed the Queensland and Australian Centre via Zoom. It is understood that Holmes made it clear in the inquiry that he did not use cocaine or any other illicit substance. He reiterated that uh, he, he reinter sorry reiterated his stance that the image, which also showed him holding a drink, was simply a pure old prank gone wrong. The Cowboys have provided every assistance to the NRL during the investigation, and will now await a final report from the Integrity Unit to ascertain whether Holmes will be cleared of an allegation of bringing the game into disrepute. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, over the next coming days, over the next coming weeks. Uh, the NRL does want a swift re uh, resolution and is expected to finalise uh, their investigation in the coming days. It is understood Holmes um, does face the allegation of bringing the game into disrepute. If he is made out, whether he'll be hit with an additional suspension of matches, uh, as has occurred with previous off-field misdemeanors, will be in the hands of the NRL. So we'll see what happens with that. Valentine Holmes facing the Cowboys, the NRL Integrity Unit yesterday. We will see how that all plays out. 10 past 5, 0457, 736, 736 or 1300, 0, Now, we're still a few days out from uh, the two semifinals being played this weekend in the NRL. The Storm up against the Roosters on Friday night. And uh, the Warriors up against the Knights on Saturday afternoon. But the Roosters suffering another blow uh, yesterday. And they were already going to be without Joseph Suet Lee. I did note on the news, at least the news I watched last night, that uh, when they were talking about Joey Manu, they did hint that he was going to be an outside chance for the Roosters. So it would not overly surprise me to see if Joey Manu is named today. Now, we know even if he's named doesn't mean he's going to play. We saw that a couple of weeks ago against South Sydney. And they did say it was a minor, very minor, uh, um, I suppose, um, hamstring injury. He's already had that hamstring injury going into the game and recurrence of that hamstring injury on Saturday. Whether six days is enough to get Manu over that and get him to play, I'm not sure. We saw Trent Robinson in the press conference after the game on Saturday night saying they got that wrong with Joey Manu. Now, it'll be very interesting to see if he does play um, and if he's named. I just got the feeling that the fact they're saying he is an outside chance, a very, very, very big outside chance, he might get named there. It might give uh, their coach, Trent Robinson, a bit more time to figure out what he is going to do as well because yesterday, Billy Smith uh, has been ruled out for what seems to be the rest of the season. 
uh, after playing more than 30 minutes with a broken jaw. And James Tedesco hailed it as one of the bravest acts in the club's long and proud history. Uh, Smith's jaw was broken in a tackle by Cronulla Ford uh, Hazelton on Saturday night. But rather than leave the field, the Roosters said he continued to throw himself into the fray as he helped his undermanned side keep their premiership dream alive. Um, Smith uh, uh, asked whether Smith's deeds could be comp uh, compared with South Sydney legend John Sattler famously playing a grand final with a broken jaw. Tedesco said he still took hit ups. He still took those play. Um, he still took those play on. Uh, on. He made some big tackles. If you watch that second half, some of the plays he came up with were massive. There was no complaining. He just did what he had to do. I don't know if it will get talked about in the same context as that. From our point of view, and it's one of the bravest we have seen for sure. And that just shows the mentality of him. I think it is the mentality of the team. We will do whatever it takes to get the job done to be able to play through that. A broken jaw is pretty unbelievable. We do know, though, uh, they are going to have um, a hard task, you would think, against the... Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, who weren't that good last week. You would expect Melbourne to bounce back and play better than that. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, they've vowed to keep going the Roosters and to get to that grand final, to get give Billy Smith a chance to return from the broken jaw. I have to say, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I have to say uh, on Billy Smith, and I think James Tedesco said it as well yesterday, that, in fact, this is exactly what he said. He said, we always have just said we needed to get him on the field to show what he can do. He has definitely done that this year. He's been one of the form centres, I think, for quite some time. Um, he has been um, talked about as potentially having so much talent, and we've seen over the past few years, he's just been unlucky with injuries. Now, this injury is a little different. Uh, it's not a knee or not an ankle. It's not going to keep him out for a prolonged period of time, which is good. Uh, obviously, the Roosters could do with him this weekend. But he's been very good. But a hard task got even harder for the Roosters. But uh, I suppose, and we'll talk more about this throughout the week on fr and on Friday morning, uh, when you're going into a finals game, and I heard Matty Johns talking about this with Matt White yesterday, when you're going into a finals game with not much to lose, with people not expecting much from them, um, and most people would be tipping Melbourne, uh, and no one really expected the Roosters to be there at, that po at this point in time of the season, uh, might be the best time to do it. Uh, might be the best way to go in. So we'll see what happens uh, with the Roosters and we'll see what team they do name uh, at 4pm this afternoon. Whether Manu is named, I doubt Tupo will be named. Uh, yeah, so it will be a, pretty much a second string back line, but we'll see what Trent Robinson does with that a little later on. So that's just some of what is on our agenda on this Tuesday morning. Mitchell Pearce announcing his retirement. You can pay tribute to Mitchell Pearce if you want, but also your favourite halfbacks of all time, whether they be former halfbacks, maybe one running around in the NRL right now. Who are your favourite halfbacks of all time? Who just, who did you love watching? They didn't have to be the greatest halfback of all time. They could be, but who has been your favourite halfback of all time? Latrell Mitchell looks like he'll withdraw from the uh, postseason international matches uh, with that hand injury to have surgery. Who and no Jack Wyden? We'll get to Jack Wyden as well in a second after the break. Who would be your centres for the Australian team? Um, the international period. Does Bradman Best get a look in? Uh, someone else? Katoni Staggs? Is there anyone else that is maybe flying under the radar that might be worthy of giving a shot to? Uh, them to play for Australia in that test series starting in October. 
What do you reckon? 0457 736 736. And on the back of Billy Smith, uh, playing 30, 35 minutes with a broken jaw on Saturday night against the Cronulla Sharks. And we've already mentioned John Sattler, but we were talking about gutsy victories yesterday. But what about gutsy performances, playing injured, sportsmen or sportswomen playing injured and maybe helping their team win, maybe not. What's some of the gutsiest performances you've seen on the sporting field in terms of injured players, players playing with injury, but still fighting through? Is there something that stands out? Doesn't just have to be NRL, can be other sports as well. Players playing injured and still getting it the job done. What comes to mind? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Plenty of texts there already. I'll get to them on the other side of the break. We'll update you on Jack Wyden. Plus, the great Chris Perkins will be on the line to talk all things American sport on the other side of this break. It's 16 and a half past five, Tuesday morning. Tradies News in a nutshell. Yes, nice to have your company to Chris Perkins in a second at 21 past five. Now, uh, just a couple of things. Firstly, if you are in the Sydney area, again, should have mentioned this at the top of the show, still very smoky uh, around Sydney with those uh, back-burning hazard reductions being done. I know it's been on the news uh, right throughout the past 24 hours uh, this morning. Uh, coming into work definitely wasn't as bad as yesterday, at least around the North Sydney area, but... Uh, it was definitely still pretty smoky overnight. So, again, um, and I know there's been a lot of warnings about this. I think it is expected to stay around uh, for the next day or so. And then we're in for a pretty hot weekend, uh, about 30 degrees over the course of the weekend or around there. So uh, if you do have any breathing issues, respiratory issues, just take care uh, today and over the next couple of days as these uh, back-burning uh, measures go on. Um, and hopefully uh, the smoke does clear. It did clear yesterday in the end in Sydney, uh, for at least most parts of Sydney's. But, uh, again, this morning, if you are waking up, uh, it will be a bit smoky outside. 22 past five. Back to the sport. Uh, now, Jack Whiten. Um, it's going to be very interesting uh, what's going to happen there. We know he was referred straight to the NRL judiciary. Um, but... People in the know, legal eagles, believe uh, Newcastle 5'8", Tyson Gamble's refusal uh, refusal to testify uh, could prove fatal in proving Jack Whiten's, uh, well, Canberra for now, Jack Whiten's guilty of biting. Now, it is understood the NRL contacted Newcastle on Monday yesterday to inform the club that Whiten would be referred straight to the judiciary and to ask whether Gamble would consider providing a statement with his version of the incident. Newcastle officials later told the NRL that Gamble would not appear at a judiciary hearing or issue a statement about the alleged white and bite in Sunday's game against the Knights. Now, the NRL could not compel Gamble to provide evidence. Gamble made an on-field complaint after an incident that left him with clear marks on his arm. The NRL's legal counsel will need to prove the bite marks were intentional, a difficult challenge without Gamble's input. To find Whiting guilty, the NRL Judiciary Panel would need to be convinced that there was an intentional clenching of the upper and lower jaw onto Gamble's arm, which was wrapped across Whiting's mouth. Uh, and according to the Daily Telegraph, they spoke to a couple of lawyers yesterday and they said Tyson Gamble made an on-field report. He wanted it investigated and now he doesn't want to provide a statement, so that will damage the case. The best evidence would come from the person who has been allegedly bitten. The best evidence comes from the actual alleged victim of a crime. If they don't want to be involved, give a statement or say they're not sure, this is often fatal. Now, he is likely widened uh, to serve a minimum of four weeks on the sideline, but we don't know that. It will be tonight, the hearing. Uh, any suspension will be served when he joins South Sydney next year. 
So very interesting. Tyson Gamble, and he said after the game, Tyson Gamble uh, as well, uh, after their victory, he said, just leave it where it was, mate. What happens on the field stays on the field. Everything is an accident. It's all good. Uh, how many weeks would you be giving Jack Wynan? And again, um, it is going to be hard with no evidence from Tyson Gamble, apart from that allegation made on the field on Sunday, but he's not wanting to give evidence. He's not wanting to give a statement. Um, so he might not be getting as many weeks as James Graham got, for example, who got 12 weeks. How many weeks would you be giving Jack Whiten? And do you think, well, it has to be tricky if Tyson Gamble's not going to be giving any evidence to see what happens with that one. Anyway, we'll find out. Uh, he was referred straight to the judiciary last night. couple of texts then, Chris Perkins. This from Will. Uh, we're talking about best halfbacks of all time. Uh, Mitchell Pierce has announced his retirement, not saying he's the best halfback of all time, but uh, your favourite halfbacks uh, that you've seen running around, either currently in the NRL or in the past, favourite halfbacks of all time. This one uh, from Will, best halfback of all time in the NRL and still running around is Elfie Langer. Yes, as a trainer. Longevity, played injured, won origins from nowhere, absolute club and game legend. That from Will in Runcorn. Um, I remember... Uh, Elfie Langer, I don't, look, I'm a bit too young to remember his whole career, but I remember him when he returned from uh, England and was it 2001 for Queensland to play that game? He flew all the way from England to play that uh, state of origin game for Queensland and they managed to beat New South Wales to clinch the series, I think it was, and that was at, I think, the old ANZ Stadium in Queensland, in Brisbane. Uh, amazing. Player, great player, and yes, still running around as a trainer as well. And this one on Mitchell Pierce uh, from the Big G. Morning, Dan. Mitchell should be congratulated for his career. He is a premiership winner and an origin player. Unfortunately, certain parts of the media treated him like crap. And there were a lot of fans as well, Big G, uh, from opposition clubs that, and when he didn't succeed for New South Wales, that liked to criticise him. Uh, look, I thought he was a very good player. Um, as I said at the top of the show, running around in a tough era. Thank you for that text. I did see a point on Valentine Holmes. We might just be a bit careful with that big G, but I do understand where you're coming from, and I uh, do uh, do agree. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Keep those texts in. Coming in, 0457. Thanks for the text. A big G, good with text as always. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Uh, favourite halfbacks of all time. On the back of Mitchell Pierce's retirement, your favourite halfbacks of all time. How long does Jack Wynan deserve to be spending on the sideline after that alleged bite on Tyson Gabble on Sunday in the game against the Newcastle Knights? And the Trill Mitchell, he's not going to be running around for Australia at the end of the year. Who is your centre pairing? And one more for you as well. Uh, Billy Smith played 30, 35 minutes with a broken jaw the other night and uh, the Roosters win over the Cronulla Sharks. Some of the toughest performances you've seen on a sporting field. When has a player been injured but still helped get their team or maybe individually managed to get the job done? And any questions for this next man? Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And on the line at 27 and a half past five is Chris Perkins. Morning to you, Chris. Hey, good morning. That whole biting thing in the NRL, I thought y'all signed Luis Suarez for a moment. <laughs> 
Yes, it was an interesting one on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> it was alleged by Tyson Gamble, the Newcastle player, and Jack Winan said, well, he can't, uh, the, the one that's been alleged that he did bite, uh, he said he can't um, move his own mouth out of the way. But now that in fact Tyson Gamble is not going to be giving evidence, it's, it is an interesting one. And uh, a lot of people have made comment <laughs> on social media that uh, Jack Winan was put on report but uh, actually, after that, there was no penalty or anything given. So it was a bit of a weird one. But I think partly, and I know we won't spoil your tips there, but I think partly because it was such a close game, um, referees probably didn't want to have too much of uh, an input into the result. Now, Chris, I'm sure. Well, firstly, you're back at work. Where do we find you today? I am in Michigan. Yeah, I'm in the uh, unofficial SEN America mobile office. Ah, very good. In the camper van. Yeah, well, the new the new one to me, anyway. It's mm. definitely not a brand new truck, but it's new to me. Is it very exciting to be driving the new truck for you? It is just nice to be back to work and be mm. back in my rhythm. Mm, it is good. It is good. All right, speaking of uh, things being back, the NFL back, you would have been very excited. Yes. Um, and uh, lots to talk about out of the first week. Firstly, let's talk about the Cowboys. Wow, what an impressive performance. Now, Cowboy fans are probably going to be crowing today. We're going to the Super Bowl. Calm down. It's September. Show me you can win in January and we'll talk. Because the the pattern goes every year for the Cowboys that they start out a lot of years. They start out great. They're on fire. And 40 to nothing against the New York Giants on the road in the rain in East Rutherford last night. That was an impressive performance. Still not totally convinced how good the Cowboys are or, or just how bad the Giants are. I mean, it could be it could be that the Giants are just going to be that bad this year. I don't know yet. We'll see in a few weeks. Mm. But the Cowboys, they, they'll start a year off great, and late in the season they'll go into a bit of a tailspin. And then in January, if the pattern continues to hold like it has for the last three decades, they will uh, crash out of the playoffs in excruciatingly heartbreaking fashion. That is uh, would be very disappointing. It's always it's always bad when you go out of the finals in heartbreaking fashion. I was just reading a text here. We yeah. love uh, list of questions, so we'll get straight to this one. Uh, this is from the Brisbane Eel for yeah. you, Chris. Morning, Dan. Question for Chris: Can Aaron uh, Rodgers match Brady and take the Jet to a Super Bowl, or is it too big of a task? That from the Brisbane Eel. Can he? Absolutely. There is a lot of talent on the New York Jets, and we'll see them playing tonight here in a few hours. Uh, they they host the Buffalo Bills uh, Monday Night Football tonight in East Rutherford. Uh, so we'll get we'll get to see Aaron Rodgers and the first team offense in a game that matters for the first time coming up in about less than five hours. Uh, can he? Certainly. There's a whole lot of talent. And the defense for the New York Jets is A1 legit. Mm. They are they were Super Bowl caliber last year. They didn't make the playoffs because of horrific quarterback play. They have upgraded the quarterback position. They've got skill position guys uh, like crazy, like Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver. Uh, they've got Brees Hall coming back from his knee injury. And remember, Brees Hall, uh, rookie running back last year, was one of the rookie stars running the football last year before he went out with that knee injury. Uh, so if he's back, if he's 100%, 
That's another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl title. The, there's two problems for, mm. for the New York Jets. Number one is just the sheer quantity of really, really good football teams in the AFC. I mean, there are legitimately 13 teams that can make a case to make the playoffs this year. There's only seven playoff spots, so some really good teams are going to be left out in the cold uh, and missing the playoffs come January. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has got to make sure his team isn't one of them. He's going to have to do a lot. And number two is how good is this offensive line protecting Aaron Rodgers going to be? If A-Rod is running for his life all season, uh, they're not going to have a lot of success. But if they can hold up and just, just hold up enough, they don't have to be excellent. They just have to be good enough, that offensive line. Uh, to allow Aaron Rodgers to make throws, make plays, uh, they're, they're, they can go a long way. It's just those are the two questions that have to be answered here as the, the season gets, gets going. And we'll get our first look at them again tonight in about five hours against Buffalo. All right, I hope that answered your question, Brisbane Hill. Keep them coming in, 0457-736-736. Jordan Love continues the Packers winning ways. Yeah, and apparently Aaron Rodgers, uh, in the, as part of the trade to the Jets, he transferred ownership of the Chicago Bears uh, to Jordan Love. Because Jordan Love looked damn good yesterday at Soldier Field. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, Aaron Rodgers went in for a touchdown, started screaming at the crowd, I still own your bleep. Remember, remember that video yes. from a couple of years ago? Well, uh Jordan Love looked really good against the Bears yesterday. 38-20 the final. Uh, His numbers uh, in his first start as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, uh, getting the numbers pulled up for you right now, but uh, he was very good. About I think it was 247 yards, three touchdown passes. Yeah, 245, three touchdown passes. Completion percentage, uh, not all that great, 15-27. So under 60% completion percentage, but the yardage was good. Three touchdowns, passes, always good for a quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, in general, it was a very good debut as the starter for the, for the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. Now it is fourth season after sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for three years. And the questions continue about the Chicago Bears because the Bears were thinking, all right, we got this young hotshot quarterback, our nemesis, Aaron Rodgers, is in the other conference. We got a shot, and then they play Green Bay and get throttled. Mm. So questions abound in, in the Windy City. Got another question for you, which we'll get to in a second. Just before that, two of the favorites losing over the weekend. Yeah, how about uh, the uh, – well, let's see. We'll start Thursday night. How about the mm. Kansas City Chiefs raise the banner, show off the ring, the trophy – Get beat by the Detroit Lions 21-20 at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, unexpected from a lot of people. Uh, I will say, if you listen to the overnight crowd, you heard me tip it about eight hours before kickoff. The Lions are going to win. Why are you good with Hard your tips? It was, Travis, I, I nailed that one. Mm. Boy, did I nail that. Not only nailed the, the, the line, not only almost nailed the score, nailed who was going to win, also nailed the under. And that's a scary proposition whenever you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs taking the under. But it wound up being 21-20, so 41 total points. It was like 53. So 
won that one in a walk. But, yeah, Chiefs lose on, on opening night, uh, Thursday night, uh, against a team that a lot of people are thinking can, can have a nice season, make the playoffs, maybe make a nice playoff run. Because remember, the Lions won 8 of 10 to finish the season. Mm. And how about the, the previous AFC champion from two years ago, Cincinnati, going to Cleveland, Battle of Ohio, getting beat by the Browns? Really? Mm. Yeah. I, it's a very strange week one. You think you know things mm. uh, go, coming into week one, and then uh, when teams get on the field, you really quickly find it's... out you know absolutely nothing. Here's another one for you. Seattle looked great last year. Made the playoffs last year. L.A. Rams. Nobody thought we were going to do anything. Rams go up and beat the snot out of them yesterday, 30-13 to 13 in Seattle. Week one of a competition in most football codes around the uh-huh. world is always interesting. It always springs up a couple of upsets. Hey, just before a break, and then we'll get on to uh, the tennis and we'll try and fit in some college football as well. Uh, Jason asks on the text, uh, please ask Chris, uh, what do you think the prospects of the Tennessee Titans are this year? Uh, let's see. Uh, they lost 16-15 yesterday to, to New Orleans. Derek Carr looks looked okay in his first start for the Saints. Uh, the, the problem for Tennessee is they don't have a lot of a whole lot of talent on that team. They didn't put up a lot of points yesterday. I mean, 15 points uh, in, in week one. That's not a good sign for the offense. And again, they're in a stacked conference. And quite honestly, they're in a pretty stacked division. Well, sort of stacked division. I mean, the, the team to beat in the division this year is going to be Jacksonville. They looked good yesterday um, in their win. Uh, they play yesterday. Uh, they played Indianapolis 31-21 in Indy. Indy looked all right as well with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, Jacksonville's the team to beat in that division. And, and, again, it's just such a stacked conference. There are so many good teams. I, I don't rate Tennessee as one of really the top seven or eight in that in in the uh, AFC, they're going to need to get a little bit of luck, and you know, hope you know, just hope for the best if they want to make the playoffs. So I don't feel good about them. All right, that text from Jason. Uh, Chris, stay there. I'm going to pose the question to you on the other side of the break. Is Novak Djokovic, and I know this is going to divide people, is Novak Djokovic the 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 best tennis player we've ever seen? Uh, Matt, is he the best out of the big three over the past 10 or 15 years? Think about that. We'll have a chat on the other side of the break. Mm-hmm. You good to stick around? I'm good. Chris Perkins on the line from America. A couple of texts before I break this from the Oval Treeman. Uh, he says, we're talking about our favourite halfbacks of all time. He goes, hi, Dan. My favourite halfback to watch was Phil Blake. Whilst not the best, certainly one of the most exciting. Yes, 0457 736 736. Your favourite halfbacks of all time. Anything else you want to talk about on this Tuesday morning? Break and back with more of Chris Perkins on the other side. 16 and a half to six. More with Chris Perkins in just a second. Just before that, Beaumont Tiles, don't forget, is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. 
Just shop in store at Beaumont at Tiles before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. 0457 736 736. We'll get back to your texts in just a second. Uh, Chris Perkins on the line. Uh, Chris, just before we have a chat around Novak Djokovic, Coco Goff uh, winning her first Grand Slam. Excellent performance on Saturday. Very, very young and still a long way to go in her career and a great start. Yeah, American women's tennis is in good hands. The next, uh, we're we're seeing the next generation. I mean, Coco Goff, Coco Goff may be the best of that that bunch. She's going to have a lot of competition. I mean, uh, Sabalenka, who who she beat on Saturday night uh, in that in that great final. Uh, also, Shviatek, uh, a lot of a lot of great women's tennis players. But yeah, Coco Goff is going to be right up there on that list. Uh, the next. Next 10, 10 or so years of women's tennis is going to be very exciting to watch. Now, we saw Novak Djokovic yesterday. Uh, in the end, I wouldn't say he did it easily, but it was pretty comprehensive in the end against Manfred. Firstly, uh, a good match, as it always uh, was going to be. I think people thought it might be a bit tighter. Um, Novak, and I know you're a keen tennis fan. I know a lot of our listeners are. We talk about, and we have for many years now, the big three. You could probably throw Andy Murray into that a little bit and make it a big four when he was at his best. But we're talking definitely about Rafa. We're talking about Roger Federer. We're talking about Novak Djokovic. Now, Novak is the only one still running around consistently. Um, It's interesting because everyone loves Roger. Most people love Rafa as well. Novak is definitely what the one, Chris, out of the three of them that has divided and still does divide public opinion the most. But... It's hard to ignore what he has done for so many years now. Yeah, and he does—he does kind of wear the black hat, uh, if, if you want to put it in Western terms. Kind of the enemy, kind of the bad guy in the in the uh, the whole debate. Uh, in terms of the debate of greatest of all time, the goat. For me, it's over. Novak Djokovic is one. Mm. He, he is the the greatest tennis player of all time. You will not convince me otherwise. And let me let me back myself up with numbers here, okay? Mm. Think about this. Novak Djokovic, Djokovic has won 24 Grand Slam titles. Mm. Who yeah. have been his contemporaries? Who has he yeah. had to play all the time in his career? Number two and number three on the Grand Slam list, Federer and Nadal. Mm. Look at everybody else in, in men's tennis. Mm. Uh, who could be considered outside of the big three of this era. I'm, I'm talking Sampras. I'm talking Borg. I'm talking going back to Rod Laver even. None of them had contemporaries like Djokovic has had to play and face constantly at Grand Slams mm. throughout his career. None of them had that level of player they had to had to compete against. Also, Djokovic is a triple career Grand Slam winner. He has won every slam at least three times. Mm. Nobody else has done that. Okay, Nadal hasn't. He he's won a ton of French Opens, but he he's a clay court specialist. He hasn't won you know three on any other surface or on on all three uh, of the other three majors. Federer, mm. um, same thing, uh, except he's more of a grass guy and not a clay guy. Djokovic has won three slam, three of each mm. of the four slams, a minimum of three of them. Now, he's won ten times in Australia, I believe. Mm. Uh, so he really likes it down in Melbourne. Yes, he, uh, he does. That, that's, 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 that's my argument, that he, that, that 
makes me think he is the greatest of all time, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. Any thoughts? There will be people who make the argument. I'll respect your argument, but you're wrong. Yes, any thoughts on uh, that, let us know. 0457-0736-736. And scarily enough, Chris, there is probably more that he can win before he retires. All right, before I let you go, do you want to know how you went in your tips? Let's go. Let's find out. All right, you tipped the Melbourne Storm. Uh, no, they lost 26-0. Uh, they will play this week. They will play this weekend, though, against the Roosters. You tipped the Penrith Panthers. They won pretty easily, so well done to you on that one. You tipped the Roosters. They won by one point. And then you tipped the Newcastle Knights, who won in extra time. So three from four, not too bad. Ooh. And then this weekend, we'll get your tips, yeah, I, on, we'll get your tips on Thursday. I saw your Roosters won by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Yes, uh, very, very, very close. Uh, very gutsy effort. Uh, um, and they will play the Storm in the first semifinal on Friday night, Warriors Nights on Saturday. So we're giving you a bit of a heads up to do a bit of research on that, and we'll get your tips when we speak in about 48 hours' time. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. All right, you too. Chris Perkins on the line from America. Um, now, Andy says, just on the back of our Novak chat, if I had to pick a tennis player to play for me, Novak not in my top five. Now, Andy, is that on likability or is that on talent? Um, interesting, interesting. He does divide public opinion, doesn't he? Thank you for the text, Andy, though. Uh, Tyler the Knight says, Morning, Dan, with the trail out and no potentially no Valentine Holmes, Turbo and Critter playing for Samoa, Surely Bradman Best gets a look in for Australia. Well, yeah, I think, Tyler, look, I think Bradman Best, as I said at the top of the show, was criticised a little bit uh, when he was picked for New South Wales, but he was very good for New South Wales, and he's been good ever since uh, for the Newcastle Knights. I think he may well be there for Australia. Uh, Andy uh, also says, uh, back to his original text, uh, if Holmes and Whiting get found guilty, both 24 games, bringing game into disrepute. Okay, thank you, Andy. And Matt, uh, thank you for your text. Ree Mitchell Pierce's uh, next career move. I, I won't go on with that, but uh, thank you. Something to do with working with some animals. Uh, it is 10 minutes to 6 o'clock. Keep those texts in. We'll be back with more in just a second. Half to six. Couple of texts to finish things off. Talking about favourite halfbacks this morning. Akira Billy Panther says, Goat half, Brandy by a mile. He had it all, blinding speed, brilliant passing game, great field uh, kicker and goal kicker, plus brilliant cover defender. Oh, and kicked 40 metre field goals to win at grand finals. Well, that would be worth two points now. Uh, should be playing now. And this from the Brisbane Eel. He says, Dan, the conversation regarding best halfback centres on the golden 80s decade. That's when footy wasn't as structured and the number seven was a game breaker. I can't go past Sturlo for, for what he did for my team as a young unknown. Uh, yeah, didn't get to see Sturlo play, but I've seen highlights. However, can't forget who will be on air soon, uh, Brandy as well. And the critical part he played in also bringing his club their maiden premiership. That from the Brisbane Eel. Thank you for all your texts on that, on everything. Uh, you questions to Chris as well. Uh, Vossi and Brandy are coming up with breakfast for listeners in Sydney through SCN 1170 AM in Sydney and in Brisbane, Pat and Heels after the six o'clock news. Tomorrow morning, Matty Cox will join me in Melbourne to talk all things sport. We'll get the latest from the AFL world as well. Thank you for your company. News and breakfast. Have a good Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am.